0: All right, draft four one two. About to be on the clock. We got Joe at four one. Joe, draft four one two, and we got Emperor Palpatine. We'll call him Emmett though. Emmett. Um, I guess there's a little bit of a backstory to why he's calling himself that. Joe. It's because of what he did to us watching the Penguin game the other night. He said that was a good. Uh, <laughs> the Emperor Palpatine is from what he uh, made us made us do during that five on three Penguins. Guys, we got a big uh, podcast coming up here next Wednesday. It's coming up quick. Uh, we're going to be at um, Lucky 13's in Baldwin, 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock. we got special guest Chris Mack from Odyssey and uh, the BetQL Network. He'll be on hand. We'll be talking all all Pittsburgh sports between the Panthers, Penguins, Pirates, and Steelers. So come on out. Uh, we'll have some swag. We'll have some, they have some great wings there, great drinks, great food. Um, come on out talk some sports with us at draft 412 guys the steelers are 5 and 3 which is almost incredible if you look at the numbers if you would just put the numbers down on a piece of paper and say this team is 5 and 3 it would almost be mathematically impossible they're in the bottom uh i would say the bottom 10% in offensive categories and most defensive categories even though the defense is uh, strained because of the uh the offense never never having the ball for more than four plays a drive usually um we'll start with you Emmett how how are the Steelers five and three how I mean how, how did they pull this off
2: well I don't want to overstate the uh, the amount of luck involved because it's not fair to, to the men on the on the field that are actually going out there and getting the job done uh, but there has been some luck involved uh, I mean Cleveland, dropped the pick six they could have changed it they had two cornerbacks that went out during the game uh the game against T- Tennessee if Taji Spears doesn't lose his feet uh you, you know that that's probably a touchdown and as opposed to needing to score a touchdown in the last minute to win they they probably just need a field goal uh you know uh, unfortunately the uh, the Raiders didn't see the light on uh on Josh McDaniel until after the uh, they played the Steelers but uh uh to give them credit on the field it's the turnover differential uh per what made uh, that, you know, they're making the plays when they need to make the plays. Uh, the problem with that is those things tend to regress to the mean, and it, we'll see if that's sustainable in the second half.
1: You're muted, JT.
0: Joe, what do you think about, um, I know we 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 uh combined on an article last week for One uh, Berg, and we were talking about the numbers. H- how do you think the Steelers are five and three? Like, what do you think that they – is Is it just – like he said, it, it, there's a lot of luck. I mean, there's a lot of times we're watching these games, and um, it's almost like you're waiting for something big to happen for the Steelers, and, it, and most times and not, it has happened for them. What do you think the uh, five and three start is about?
1: Well, I think part of it is the defense is playing really well. Uh, regardless of the stats and how much they're on the field, they're playing pretty well. I mean, Emmett hit the nail in the head in terms of turnover ratio. The Steelers are, you know, among the best uh, when it comes to that, and they've been able to turn those turnovers into points. You know, sometimes, you know, on a pick six or a fumble recovery that goes into the end zone or whatever it might be, and or stop a team that's about to score. like Quan Alexander's touchdown catch or, or interception that could have been a touchdown catch at the last play of the game. Uh, last week, um, those are big swings, right? And I also think um, that you know Kenny Pickett has been clutch when it comes to you know end game drives. Um, you know, I still think he's learning on the job, and I still think he hasn't completed an entire season yet. Uh, and I think people are down on him uh, for some of the wrong reasons. Uh, you know, I think that there's a a sense that Canada is pl- calling too basic of a game and. You know, and and he to ramp some things up, but I think we see a lot of problems on that offense, right? I mean, the, the offensive line, albeit restructured, hasn't been playing very well. This last game was probably their best game together when they put Broderick Jones on the field, and I was glad to see that. You know, but again, you know, the George Pickens immaturity, the Deontay Johnson's continuing a dropping of balls, um, you know, Amari Harris's inability to kind of ramp it up. There's plenty of of start and stop on the offense and until that goes away they're going to depend on this defense and I think that's how that defense got to five and three or how the Steelers got to five and three with this defense and frankly a favorable schedule the rest of the stretch is going to be even more favorable Uh, they've got some of the toughest teams out of the way unless you're going to count Cincinnati and Baltimore as among them and they've already beaten Baltimore once Uh, again it might have been one of those lucky games but um, it's still five and three and As Bill Parcells once famously said, "You are what your record says you are." And they're five and three.
0: Um, Joe, sticking with the uh, the the, uh, favorable schedule, um, what do you expect them to do the rest of the year? I mean, with the schedule, they have some like the Packers coming up. They got some teams that are that aren't their normal selves, and uh, they they have a lot of lot of winnable games coming up here down the stretch. Uh, I know uh, Cincinnati could be a tough tough two games. Baltimore, like you you mentioned, and they got Cleveland one more time. What do you expect them now? That they're five and three. Where do you see them win total? I know early in the year, I think we all had them around a nine and ten, like nine or ten wins. I think. Do you still see that, or do you actually see maybe a little bit a little bit better of a result to the to the ten wins?
1: No, I, I think ten might be the 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 glass ceiling with this team. There's still going to be games that they lose because they just lose games. This is not a very good team. It's a borderline playoff team because of the schedule. Uh and frankly, they're only a half game out of first place. I mean, baltimore six and two with a loss of the Steelers, right? So, you know, with a with another win and coupled with a Baltimore loss, they're in first place, as hard as that is to believe, in a pretty tough division. Uh and, you know, hats off to the team for getting themselves there. They haven't done it pretty. Uh, you know, and I and I still think that, you know, 10 and 7 might be the way we see this team go there's going to be games that tomlin just loses like the houston game earlier in the year we kind of laughed about it a few weeks ago uh going into that game and houston doesn't look as bad as everybody thought they were going to look uh including this crew here uh you know but you know, tomlin has one of those games where he just he falls apart and then he comes in and wins a game he shouldn't win so you know you know my hats off to the to the to the coaches for for being able to pull this team together but you know, it's it's just not that good, and then there's going to be weeks where they're just down still, and you know, and I think losing Micah Fitzpatrick for an extended period of time will also show uh, in that record. I think there's going to be teams that could take advantage of that, um, and uh, you know, I, you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, it's nice to have Cam Hayward back, and it's nice to have a healthy T.J. Watt, you know, throughout the season as it, as it is so far. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, this team's a wild card team. Maybe they they sneak into the playoffs, but. You know, can you see them getting through the Kansas City Chiefs or the Buffalo Bills? Uh, you, know, I, you know, even the Cincinnati Bengals. I, I just don't. I don't. I don't think it's this year. I still think they are a few pieces away.
0: Emmett, this is the part of the show that you usually shine on because you're you're not you're not Mister Positivity by no means to the uh, draft for one two. But you, you tell it straight out. You tell it how it is, and you don't hold back. Is this is this team? The favorable schedule. What do you think the wins? Is it lower than 10? Higher than 10?
1: Is is Emmett Emmett frozen?
2: Emmett. He's on
1: mute.
0: Emmett, you're on mute. No, he's he's not on mute.
1: That might be a delay.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it looks like it might be a delay. All right. Well, we're gonna skip out of here. Go into Joe. Um, while we, while we, Evan, you there? Can you, I can't hear you. Can't hear you. Yeah, he's talking, but there's nothing coming through. He's on on mute. Uh, Joe, Kenny Pickett. You mentioned him earlier. He's having trouble. He's having struggles with. Um, he, he's having his n- normal first year quarterback struggles. Um, you mentioned about his coming, being able to come back in games. Is he improving in your mind? Like is he is he continually yeah. showing improvement?
1: Yeah, he is. Uh, you know, they're sure, he's playing through injury. He's been injured twice already this year because of the lack of defense or uh, offensive line play. Uh, you know, and he's not playing great, but he's playing good enough to get them to five and three. Um, can he be playing better? Should he be playing better? Yes. I think that's in part and parcel with the offensive coordinator and the woes they have there. Uh, I also think the team around him. Uh, you know, doesn't help. Uh, he's been accurate at times. He's been inaccurate at times. He's been clutch all season long. Um, and even though there are some games, uh, like I'll go back to the Houston game where, you know, just the team didn't play very well and they should have, you know, should have, would have, could have, um, you know, there's been you know, and or teams where they were just completely outmatched like the San Francisco game. But last, you know, two weeks, ago, I mean, the, the Jacksonville game was a game that they could have won. I mean, that was a game that was in play up until the, you know, the, the last few uh, you know series. And that was something else. This team could be six and two right now, uh, even with his um, lack of, we, I think what everybody's waiting for is that big step forward. And I think that that may come with a new offensive coordinator in the new year. That may come sometime during the end, the tail end of this year. At least that's what the hopes are uh, for him as a player. Uh, and I do think he's been improving, but not fast enough for everybody's liking.
0: And by the way, our fourth of the four horsemen, Dave Finoli, is not here today. It is is—it is uh, election day, and he is out getting all his ballots uh, to let people know that Kenny Pickett is better than Dan Marino. He's been going around for the last couple of years trying to get the votes on that, which he's losing out pretty hard. But Dave, we, we miss you, brother. Joke, um, um, Emmett, c- c- you there? Still, still don't hear you though. There's nothing coming through your, nothing coming through your side. I have no idea. You're not on mute. So, um, Joe, Joe, to keep this going, um, Broderick Jones played last game, played a lot last game, um, did well. I mean, um, from what I've heard, he had one, gave up one, um, uh, one, there was one time that he had a, there was a pass rush on the quarterback, um, out of 40 snaps, uh, during the game he did really well he played well he had some blocks in the second level um Joey Porter we've talked about it he uh played well was played well but he'll make some stupid mistakes here and there the young guy he'll, he'll get some holding calls or some penalty uh pass interference calls do you believe right now as of right now that they both should be starters in the, in the NFL they week to week
1: I I do I think that Jones is their best offensive lineman uh, I think he should be playing left tackle. Um, I understand that they might want to wean him into the game. The program's a lot different than college, and you know, sticking him on the right side to re- replace Chooks was addition by subtraction. Chooks was never deserving of the contract that he had gotten, um, and just continues to prove that you know he's a you know below the line. To use a Tomlinism a below the line. Uh, offensive tackle Um, and so this I think is a play you know a place for them to plug him in because Dan Moore is better than Chooks and if Dan is more comfortable on the left side putting Broderick on the on the field improves the line and it also did you know a pretty good job of improving the run game so it wasn't just pass protection it was also the run game that we saw and they were running to the right a lot in that game so yes I think that Jones should be called a starter whether it's right or left tackle I would put him at left but You know, I get it. Um, You got to play with the pieces that you got and and do what you can do. And same thing with Porter. I mean, the the Steelers have not had great corner play this year. I think that Patrick Peterson has played adequately. uh, And I think the expectation was this is where he is in his career. I think there was a hope that he might, you know, get another couple of years at a Joe Hayden level, like when they went out and got him a few years back. And that hasn't happened, but he's played adequately. I think Levi Wallace has taken a little bit of a dip. And so, you know, Porter proved last week, facing off play after play against one of the league's best receivers in DeAndre Hopkins, that he can stay with him, right? And look, he's gonna have to learn on the job sometime. And this is a season they're not gonna win the Super Bowl. So why aren't you playing him? Give him as much playing time as you can. And, you know, look what's happened to Keanu Benton. I mean, by the need, by urgency, this year, they played him after game two when Cam Hayward went down, you know, and this kid's come a long way, maybe the defensive rookie of the year on this team, you know, and I think Herbig's going to have a lot to say about that, too. I mean, that kid's also played. I think the one missing piece of the puzzle is, is Washington at, at, um, at tight end. And, and part of that, it, it just goes back to the offensive coordination of the team. I'm just, it's just not there. And I think they're trying to slow play him last week. You know, you heard the fans cheer when they got him into the game. Uh, you know, and I get the tight end is a difficult position to learn in your first year. So to, to expect him to be an all pro is a bit overstated, but he stepped in where Pat Friermuth needed, you know, you needed him too. And, and I think the team will enjoy having Fryermuth back, but you know, Washington is, is, Clearly, an adequate, if not above average, blocker. And, you know, I think that they're seeing a lot of this from this rookie class. Um, But to answer your initial question, absolutely Jones and Porter should be starters because they have no choice. They're the best players at their position on this team. And we're halfway through the season. You know, this is the time to throw, you know, shed those rookie mantles and um, and, uh, the mantle of the rookie and, and get in there and play. And that's what they need them to do.
0: And Joe, you make a good point. Um, we're halfway through the year now. And we 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 are draft four one two. We deal with the draft and we we've talked about um the Steeler draft picks a ton over the last couple months. And um from what you've seen, I know it's early on and and I know we'll be giving grades after the season to uh to the teams and, and especially the Steelers do you do you do you feel that this draft class still could be could be a special draft class on the road where we really we look back and say wow you know i mean you mentioned like five names right off the bat that uh, it's it's been a while since we had this many guys that you can mention like a herbig uh banton then you go with um with porter and jones and you still got like like you said washington um and and don't let's not forget the um trice the cornerback that for all per all intents and purposes was supposed to be a um a fine that you know just didn't get a chance this year because of injury. What would you do you still think this class could be special?
1: I sure do. You know, this is a class that we all had graded as a as an A or an A minus, you know, coming into the season just based on pedigree. Uh and what we're seeing is Jones is the real deal, Porter is the real deal. Um I think Keanu Benton was a bit of a steal where they got him. I know that it's hard to you know to to pick some of those guys and where they are, but he's clearly you know doing very very well as as in for the Harlington's purposes as a starter, you know as far as that goes, you know so you, you can't shake a stick at that. Herbig has played well in a reserve capacity and is still learning on the job. You mentioned Washington coming along slowly, and, and I think that guy's got a world full of talent. And you're right, Trice and Stevenson they're both uh, incomplete at this point. I mean, you know Trice is out for the year with the injury and. Stevenson's on you on know, the reserve team and it has offers Tomlin his positional flexibility that he likes along the offensive line. I think we may see him at, at some time during the season uh as well. But all in all, I mean it's it's really hard to argue against what this class has been able to achieve, even though it's been slow played, uh, with the exception of, of Benton and Herbig who came in almost day one and uh were contributors right away.
0: One young guy that we do have, he's in his um the second season um and we've we've meet, meet we've been Steeler fans for years now decades and we've seen this happen we've seen athletes that in this town <coughs> that that have acted like this is is george pickens is he going to be a problem is this is this just foreshadowing eventual an eventual um exit from the sealers or do you think this is a kid that maybe be able to we might be able to Tomlin might be able to control him, get him to settle down a little bit. Cause I mean, he's, he's pretty much been out of control now for the, for the most of the season with whether uh, making remarks on the sideline uh, Palton now his, his little social media thing he did last week. How, how do you feel? Do you think Pickens is going to be that, that next diva receiver that just doesn't make it here in Pittsburgh? Or do you think that he, he, ho- hopefully he can settle, uh, we can random him in and, Get him to uh, stay here in Pittsburgh.
1: Well, you know, I uh, look. The kid has a lot of talent. He reminds me of Plexico Burris. to use a, a former Steeler uh, who came into the league and in the beginning of his career had problems with maturity. You know, I remember uh, on a on a play he got up from the you know from the field after making a catch in Jacksonville and spiked the ball, thinking that he was down and he wasn't down. And last week we saw a very similar mental error by George Pickens, who could have had a, a touchdown if he would have gotten two feet inbounds, and the guy had four feet to get both feet inbounds and just didn't do it. You know, and those are – that's that's football IQ meets immaturity. You know, you should always be tapping your toes. I don't care where you are in the field. If you know you're, you're – you're running a fade pattern in the corner, you're tapping your toes. And let's face it, George Pickens runs a lot of fade patterns. He's now starting to improve on his route tree, and we're seeing some of that maturity as a player but not as a person. You know, and sure, I mean, these guys have a lot of talent, and you want them to believe in themselves, uh, but this town doesn't suffer divas well. Uh, ask Antonio Brown, ask Mike Wallace. You go back. They would much rather see somebody that's a, a humble player and a deserved player. You know, you can have heart like Heinz Ward. You just can't have attitude um, like Antonio Holmes did and or uh, – you know what we're seeing now with george pickens and so you know i i'd love to i'd love to hope and think that he would mature as a person and that this might have been a line that was drawn in the sand and they're going to give him a second chance just based on his talent alone but you know this is this is also the nfl which jerry glanfeld very famously said is not for long and it might just not be here this is you know i he he hasn't done enough to warrant what he thinks he is. Uh, and I think we all see it, you know, and maybe two years from now, we'll look at that and say, wow, the guy was really the real deal. Uh, and maybe you give him a little bit more latitude, but you can't be doing what he's doing. It's just a sign of immaturity. And you know, his agent, his family, the coaches have got to get in his ear and settle him down. Uh, or else, you know, it'll be another one of these cautionary tales.
0: I agree with you. I, I uh I believed it. Like last week that, that not catching that touchdown was I mean, he had plenty of space. He could have put four feet down easily, um, if he had to get both feet down twice in that spot and he lost track of where he was on the field. Um he, the pouting in that just gets old. I don't know I don't know really what his relationship is like with Pickett, but it seems like he gives Pickett some hard times and Pickett's a young quarterback as well. I just feel like um uh, they got to rein him in soon, or I think it's be it's going to be a it's going to be grow into a bigger problem in Pittsburgh. Um, one thing on the offense that people are sort of forgetting about, and our offense has been struggling, is Pratt Firemuth has been out the, la- the past couple weeks, and he's um, eligible to come back week eleven at the earliest. Um, Joe, what does Firemuth actually bring to the offense, and how much do you think that he'll help uh, Kenny Pickett as the season uh, evolves on?
1: Uh, Well, he's an experienced tight end and one that has talent enough that if he were ever to stay healthy, he he could be an all pro, you know, a low end all pro. He's not Travis Kelsey. He's not Rob Gronkowski, but he's a very serviceable, very above average tight end when he's when he plays, but the guy just can't stay on the field. So having him there, great. You know what I mean? That that, that adds another asset uh, to the arsenal of the offense, Um, you know, and I. You know, but to say it'll make any kind of a, a real difference is hard, just based on the fact that it hasn't happened. Uh, and I hate to say because he's still too a very young player, but you would hope that you would see more from him by now. And I think they would and could if he wasn't out all the time. Uh, and you know, you you're not helping the team if you're if you're injured all the time. So I, I think that that's that's something that you know some players unfortunately just have that. Curse, and I think Pat might be one of those guys. Uh, But he—he's not want of talent. The guy can clearly, you know, play the game when he's there, and you know. But he's been so inconsistently available. It's hard for him and Kenny to to develop a you know a rapport with one another on the field. So, you know, I hope that he gets back. I hope he could be contributing in a big way. They—they could always use that. But you know, again, I think that this offense is a systematic problem that goes beyond the return of Pratt Fire Pryormouth.
0: That's that's a really good, lot of good points there. Um, as you said, Fryermuth adds something, but it, it ain't gonna really add anything until we use them the right way. And Canada has to change the way he's calling some plays. I did like the way Canada called. I, I like the way he came. We came out last week. It was the first time we had a first uh first quarter drive, opening kickoff drive, and did something. It felt like uh, it, it had to be a scripted thing, would you say? Because they they actually didn't defer for the first you know usually they defer we actually wanted the ball and it makes you wonder if like if we could do the, script script plays like that or script drives like that why don't we do it more often you know even in you know, you know you're not going to get the ball in the second half first time you get the ball why not script it there too as well but um yeah.
1: what do you well I, I think well, go ahead
0: No, go ahead go ahead
1: I was going to say all NFL offenses are scripted. But the problem is, is you get off script. They call it being off schedule. And when you go 3 you're leading the league in three and outs. It doesn't matter what you script. You're just not effective. Right. And if you're ineffective uh, like they have been, it doesn't matter how good the plays are that you don't get to. Uh, And if you don't get into a rhythm, if you don't stay on schedule by getting, you know, second and five, you know, second and four instead, they're always playing from behind. Um, You know, and I think that that throws them off of those scripted plays last week. I think they were very uh, uh, encouraged by what they saw on tape, you know, prior to uh, the week and were able to use that and said, look, we want the ball cause we can, we can score on this defense right away. We're going to show them something they haven't seen, but you know, this, this offense doesn't do much in terms of hurry ups. It's not very creative. Um, I want to say it's basic in many respects and they've got some players that have to play that way right now. Right. So uh, until they can see some of that, I mean, look. Like, I hate to say it, but Calvin Austin really hasn't shown much. He's a he's a one trick pony and not very good at that. Um, George Pickens is great, but again, you know, he runs majority fade routes and just is now getting his route tree. A- Allen Robinson could be more effective, but he's a he's going to be a third option on every play. And with the injury to Fryar and the slow play of Washington into that position, and the lack of real push from the offensive line until this past this past week, you know I, it. it <laughs> There's only so it doesn't matter what your script looks like. You you're, you have to be effective with the script in order for it to work. Uh, and in that one instance, it did. And then they they followed it up with a bunch of threes and outs. It's just that's that is a the biggest problem they have is there is no lack of of effectiveness.
0: Joe uh, Jalen Warren had 88 yards on 11 carries. Um, Harris had 60 68 yards on 16 carries. Um, speaking of scripting, and and we go through this with our with our local college team here, Pitt, as well with the running backs. Do you feel like the Steelers should, once they see Warren running the ball and running it well, do you think they should up his load during a game if he's running well, or do you like the fact that they they go back and forth the way they they do?
1: Yeah, I actually like it the opposite way. Uh I think that there are, there are backs that do more. Uh, when they're fed the ball more, I think Najee is a an example of that. Is somebody that's a workhorse kind of back, someone that can be a bell cow for you. Um, hasn't proven that because the offensive line's poor play in the last two years. But the guy has the talent to do that. He might lack some vision when he approaches the line. I think that has to be to improve that instinct to find the hole and and get up in it. But you know, ultimately Warren is the opposite. Where I think you get more when he does less. Uh, I think that. He doesn't have the body to withstand the rigors of a twenty game carry. Um, I don't, uh, or 20, ga- 20 carries a game. I think that um, you know a lot of his yards are unexpected yards, where he's picking it up not as the first down back, but a second or third down back, where they've run instead of thrown when they should have thrown, or um, you know things that that are kind of gadgetry uh, like that. And there's nothing against Jalen Warren for an undrafted free agent you know, to, to come in and do what he's done. Clearly this guy can play in the league and there's a lot of people calling for what you're asking for JT, which is him to start. I just think that in the same way, uh, Devon, a chain, you know, everyone was screaming about him starting and what happened over too small, got hurt. Right. It, it, you see it all the time in this league. It's, it's almost like you, you can, I, I wish I can say it any better, but you know, it's coming when they do it, you know, and people get, you know, it's just human nature, right? They, oh, you know, there's too too much of a good thing and, and the guy's gone for a first amount of time because he's too small, you know? And while Warren might have a little bit more bulk and clearly is running hard, he's got something to prove out there. You know, I think ultimately, you know, it's the opposite is better where until Najee, until Najee breaks out and doesn't need that and can be that 20 carry guy. Um, and I'm hoping that we see that at some point during the season, uh, then I think the committee is the best way to go with the limits for Warren and his play.
0: Joe, great, great Steeler talk. And thank you so much for uh, the half hour with us uh, talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers five and three. Um, been a crazy start to the season. It's only going to get crazier, I believe. And and everybody out there, sports fans out there, especially people in the south hills of uh, Pittsburgh, Wednesday, November fifteenth, live draft four one two podcast at Lucky Thirteens in Baldwin, seven to eight. Uh, they have the best wings in Pittsburgh. I'm not exaggerating. Great wings. They have uh, dry rub wings. They just it's a it's a it's a Wednesday. They have a wing special. It's a very good, very good place. Michael Pastelli, the owner. Come on, talk sports. We have special guest Chris Mack from uh, Odyssey and the BetQL Network. Gonna talk about anything you want to talk about sport wise. If you have a question. If you have a complaint about Pittsburgh team, let us know. We'll talk to you. We'll get some swag out there to you. Joe, thank you so much for uh, being on the clock with me tonight, and um, let's go Steelers.
1: Yep, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you. See you, JT.
0: See you later.